You are just a few moments away from hearing us debate if this disclaimer is even necessary, but you know me, I like to err on the side of spoiler caution, so just in case you should know, uh, this episode uh, deals with the entirety of season four of Game of Thrones, so do not keep listening unless you have seen, uh, unless you're caught up on all of the TV show Game of Thrones. In addition, the second half of the podcast is actually going to talk about spoilers for things that are in the books that haven't happened on the show yet. There's going to be a clear warning before any of that goes down, uh, but you're not going to want to listen to that unless you're caught up on the books. And with all that in mind, let's start the show. Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin. This is our annual Game of Thrones season in review, but we are going to do things a little bit differently this year. Uh, basically, as I explained at the end of last week's show, I have read the books. I, I love just saying I've read the books. That's just like a fun thing to say. I don't, I don't get to say it enough. I've read the... Uh, really? Because you say it quite a bit. I know. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that it's difficult uh, to discuss the show... Uh, with people that haven't read the books, and uh, it's just there's this gap in the conversation, and like I, I have difficulty because I'm holding back because I don't remember what was on the show and what wasn't at this point. So here's what we're going to do for this episode: we're going to do it in two halves. The second half of the show is going to be for people who have read the book. Uh, I will give you a clear warning before we get there, so it's not like all of a sudden there's going to be book spoilers coming at you. And that's going to be me talking to John Gabers, who has done this Game of Thrones uh, season review. Uh, every year that the show has been on, on this podcast. But the first half of the show is going to be for people who haven't read the books. Uh, obviously, I am not capable of hosting that. I, I'm disqualified. So I've recruited Pat Castles. Hey, Pat. Hi, what's up? Thanks for having me. I think always. You, yeah, and uh, so we, Pat, I, I was like, Pat, let's, uh, you're, I'm going to make Pat the host. Right. I have, oh, I, I'm a huge fan of the show, but I have only seen the show. I have never read the books before. So I, I'm going to make Pat the host for the first half of the show. Pat has his own guest. Pat, do you want to introduce? Sure. Hey, everyone. Um, uh, Adam Conover hey. is joining me. Also a huge fan of the show, but not a book reader. Of the show. Thank you so much for having me, Pat. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Um, no, I'm not going to yes. thank Jeff, but through the transitive property of thanking. And just, yes, Adam Conover, just as a brief introduction, my fellow writer at College Humor. Yeah. Stand-up comedian. Yep. Game of Thrones fan. I watched the show. And my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the most important credit of all. So there it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let these guys have at it. I'm going to be here. I might chime in a little bit. I'm, I'm going to mostly uh, sit on the sidelines and let these guys have at it. And then at some point, I'll come back and I'll have John Gabers with me. And we'll talk about the show uh, for book okay. readers. And I should say, let me say one thing before I go. We just watched the finale. It just ended less than five minutes ago. It ended, everyone had to pee, yeah. and then we started recording. We stopped yeah. ourselves from saying anything. We did all pee. There was definitely <laughs> all three of us peed. It's an hour-long show, and we're in our 30s. You know, our prostates that's, are getting bigger. That's true. So, okay. I'm going to turn it over, Pat. With- so just kind of like get hosted as if it, I was the host of this podcast. Yeah, what you're I, I mean, I, what, what, what did you think of the episode, I guess? That, that's kind of a good way to get going. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was great. I mean, yeah, I will. Um, I thought it was a. Ama- I actually think it's my favorite finale as a whole of the whole show. I think. Um, I don't think I had this sort of like crazy, amazing final image that you know season two had, which I think was the dragon. No, season one had was the dragons. Season two had the oh, White yeah. Walkers. These really cool reveals. But in terms of like 
just I feel like usually they save the the second to last episode is the big battle episode. Yeah, and, and that's that, the that was blow the budget episode, and that was true for this season. But usually, what that means is the last episode is mostly just kind of sending people off in different directions and like mm-hmm. and it's great and, and maybe there's a few twists and you get one cool image like the white walkers or something but generally there's not that many crazy moments like the red wedding was the second to last episode yeah. you know this episode or the th- battle of blackwater was also wasn't that also second, second last, last episode, episode exactly yeah. uh, ned ned hart ned stark's beheading i think was the second to last episode actually You're right. yeah this time, I think they saved a lot of like really important plotty moments, a lot of major character deaths. You know, uh, that's true. So uh, in yeah. that in that respect, it really is one of my favorite finales. I think who of, died? Of the whole show. Who, who died in the episode? The Hound died. The Hound. Tywin, Tywin Lannister. Shay. Oh God! Yeah, Shay died. Um, not really a hugely notable death, but you know, in Jojen. the others, Jojen, no, Jojen, no, not Jojen. Uh, so no, I, in that respect, so yeah, absolutely by that. I think it's my favorite finale of the whole show. I think, think it's my favorite episode of the whole show. Really? I think so. I was well, really... Well, you're, you're one-upping my gushingness. I can't <laughs> even keep up. And I say this as a person who... I'm a fan of the show. I've seen every episode, but I'm also, like, usually pretty critical of the show. Sure. Like, like, I'll say it's not in my top tier of my favorite shows. Now, critical... You know? now, let me ask... I, I, I know... Is that sacrilege? People are no, going to no, pause no. this we're, right we're, now. No, I think, I think, I think if you're... If if you're listening to this and you're a true fan of the show, you should be able to like you should welcome like debate about it. Yeah. What but but that said though, I don't talk to many people who don't like it. So I'm kind of curious what your well, criticisms are. Well, I like the show. I find it very, you know, it's exciting, it's very engaging. I enjoy being in the world every week, but I think in terms of like sheer like depth of like character and and you know, quality like I I would put it on tier 2. Tier one being like Mad Men, Breaking Bad, sure. The Wire, shows that I would rank against any work of art created by humankind in terms of, you know, that's just what well, whatever, you know, right? You know, that's it's very pompous to say. But but so Game of Thrones I often find is like mostly about like, ooh, like the crazy plot twists and like, you know, the awesome fight scenes and stuff like that. Um, but I think this episode uh, did the best job of like being something like more, you know, that the ca- I felt like it was like the characters at their most complex, right? Like the scene between like Tywin and uh, Tyrion sure. was like. Se- I think maybe the the second, probably the climax of 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 a climax heavy episode was was that, that scene. scene. T- yeah. Tywin, I'm sure you've all seen this at this point. Tyrion, yeah. Discovered that oh, Tywin yeah, was sleeping. We should have sh- mentioned that there's spoilers for the finale. I'm gonna have to go back and put that at the beginning. <laughs> okay, but I think oh, people great. know. People yeah. will know. You could say that like in the, in a pre. Yeah. Yeah. I know this. I've I, I heard other podcasters say this, but who the hell would listen to this episode <laughs> not having seen the finale? Yeah, of the yeah. Show? Can I do it without putting a warning in the beginning? No, do you I think, think people you should know? do it. Like, why not? Like, we call this Game of Thrones season four wrap up. Do you think anyone's gonna start it without knowing what happened? In I the don't finale? think so. I think someone will. I'm I afraid. Think, I'm afraid. I don't think you owe those people anything. If you go back and listen to the first Game of Thrones episode I did with Gabrus, there's so many spoilers. Like, I cut in, like, spoiler warnings for, like, because we talked about, like, The Wire, and, like, there's, like, all sorts yeah. of random spoiler warnings in the middle of it. You know what you should do is That's play, what I cared. That's play what I cared. my incredibly wrong pre-recorded theory, and then under, as a little background sound, and you for your little, like, disclaimer. Oh, uh, yeah. spoiler people. Sure, so we, we, I, we could mention uh, that. Jeff Rubin's joining us in the studio. <laughs> the, uh, Pat... Before we started, Pat said he had a theory, and I was like, let's record that theory That's before we start the podcast. Do you want to play that now? 
you want to go to the tape? Let's let's roll to it. Yeah. My theory. Okay. Right. So right now, as far as we know, big big question of the season is: Will Tyrion be executed? Right. Yeah. And I think I think we'll probably find the answer to that tonight. More, you know, more. It seems like they would resolve it anyway. Yeah. When we last saw that Tyrion, we last saw Tyrion. Uh, Oberyn lost the match, the trial by combat. Tyrion sentenced to death, and that presumably that's going to happen. My theory is that. Um, Moments before he is to be executed, or the night before, or very shortly before Tyrion's executed, Stannis Baratheon and his fleet of pirate warriors, who we've seen, who we know he has the money for, who we know we've seen mm. that being that yeah. insurgency being built up over this season, that's got to pay off somehow. Anyway, I think Stannis' surprise attack on King's Landing, he sacks King's Landing, and, like, you know... All next thing we next next thing uh, the Lannisters know they're all in a fucking jail cell with Tyrion, if not, or dead, and Tyrion's saved temporarily. Wow, that's that is my theory. Re- that's a really good theory. Thank you. I, that sounds really plausible too. I w- I had not thought that far ahead, but you're right. The Stannis thing is a big Chekhov's gun. And they 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 devoted like half an episode to that, and like Stannis is not like a good character, so they never show him unless he's like about to do something. <laughs> Exa- yeah, exactly. And you know, to, I, total, I could be, I think maybe, I, I can't tell if Jeff is doing this because I'm so right or because I'm so wrong. I'm probably wrong, I admit that. I, you know, as I've said many times before, I, you know, when in season, last season, when Rob was moving in on, you know, uh, the Lannisters, I yeah. would, Talk, I would come in every day and talk to our coworker Owen and talk about my grand idea of what was going to happen with the big Rob versus Lannister. <laughs> and Owen fight. just was there with his poker face. His great mm. poker face. And mm. I was so, so, so wrong. <laughs> I don't think you were totally wrong because your theory was that a big part of your theory, which I didn't even think about, which was that, you know, the other shoe was going to drop with Stannis in this episode. Right. And you were totally right about that. You just. You know, like George R. R. Martin just surprised you, man, about where Stannis was going to show it's up. True. No one would have expected Stannis to come. You rightly compare that to Chekhov's gun. It was like what, they had to complete Stannis's series arc, and that was yeah. it. That I, said, I, though, I'd give you partial credit on the theory. It was well, not I definitely totally would. Well, but I also, you, you how was, the how the hell did he get? I this I know this is getting a little too technical and kind of nerdy, but like. Isn't is it possible? Like, did he sail to the north beyond the wall? How did he get there so quickly? But and and so, clan clandestinely. I don't know. I mean, time on Game of Thrones is so fluid. It's, it's like true, yeah. just you, something will happen in one scene, and the next scene they'll be like, "I just heard by Raven that a thing happened five seconds ago." Like it's, it's true. And then like a boats will, you, you know, like in. I don't know, fucking like colonial times, it took two months for a boat to like bring well, mail. A, but in Game of Thrones time, it's like they never say how long it takes for information to travel. Understandably, because otherwise, it like would be impossible to write a story if you were worried about that. And in a book, I think you know it's easy. And this book goes. This is appropriate for this book v show kind of uh, format of the podcast. In a book, I imagine George Martin could just write, and he sailed for six months. You can't yeah. do that. You can't show that in a show because it'd be boring. You can't yeah. get that out in a paragraph, you know? Yeah. You have to fill that. Those, every scene, has to, something has to happen. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back for a second to um, we were you were talking about uh, weaknesses of the show. Not to focus oh, yeah. on the negative here, but I think another issue is that uh, we were, and this kind of goes to the brand thing, which the brand, in a, in a very strong episode in that brand, let's, let's, we can focus on brand here. a strong brand episode. Well, I mean, yeah, well, those are rare. Like, there's an amazing scene where the, a bunch of like Clash of the Titans, Ray Harryhausen esque skeletons pop through the ice, and it's a very like 
Yeah. Very cinematic scene. Very cool scene. Very action. Very action movie ish scene. Um, it had some weird moments, like when when suddenly the fireballs started raining down, and then the like the weird girl was like, "Come with me, Brandon Stock," and it was like yeah. they cut to her really unceremoniously. I was like, felt like the editing. You know the fi- was the fireballs weird. almost reminded me of uh, that scene in Monty Python when that wizard is just like wantonly throwing the fireballs. It was very crazy. It was very larping. She must have been like lightning bolt, lightning Abs- bolt, with, and like yeah, with like warrior skeletons there was but um i do want to turn this to how well i think we all kind of agree that maybe the brand stuff was our least favorite of the stories talks shit about brand all the time and i think that's just by virtue of having such a sprawling i feel like now we're just we are talking too negatively about the show but let's get this out of the way it there's so many arcs and there's so many there's so many balls in play here and 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 bran is consistently the most disconnected from everything else bran has like this vague like you know messiah like you know i see the vision of the bad thing yeah like storyline but it's so like vague it's like i see a raven i gotta go north i met some more kids who said i gotta go north like i just gotta keep going like it's like all right what are you going for like it's just so like general if you've seen like any fantasy you know, high fantasy where there's someone has a mission it's like all right absolutely what, what is the fucking mission you know and i think um, that's dull i think in a way it, it really just shows how the rest of game of thrones is so strong because i, I i've read when, when game of thrones first but the show was first kind of blowing up and i read all the articles about it they talked about how what set it apart from most of their fantasies, how little magic in it was in it. It was really a show about politics, about family, about these like interpersonal things. And it was very, it wasn't, it avoided those like vision, three eyed, ravenish, mm-hmm. nightmare cliches that I think a lot of other not great fantasy can fall into. Well, it's not and, a, it's, and, and, it's not just a Tolkien retread, which so much of fantasy is. It's like very different from Tolkien. But the brand story seems to be the closest thing the the show yeah. has to like traditional. Oh, I'm having dreams of zombies and, and yeah. I mean, Jeff at one point was like during the episode was like, all right, where's he going? Like Mordor? Like what is this? You know, like it's it. That's what it feels like. It was hilarious. Everyone, <laughs> we all laughed. Yeah. However, Kill, uh, d- killed in the room where I was shushed <laughs> mercilessly. <laughs> You were watching, uh, but I think that. However, though, in in that in the show's defense, I think the three of us cracked a joke at, as that brand scene started. We were like, "Oh, brand like this the old brand scene. It's never gonna yeah. go anywhere." But then they knew, like at that ex- literally at that moment, <laughs> skeleton arms <laughs> burst through the ice yeah. as if to shut us up. Yeah, and 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 it really was a game changer for the brand scene. And I, I'm now it, it has. Definitely reinvigorated my interest. Like they, they've arrived. I think that man. So they go into this. They go. They arrive finally. Yeah, who's the, that man? I think that man is the three-eyed raven. Mm-hmm. It's it's he's the personification yes. of the visions. He is an Seems all-seeing tree wizard. I don't understand how to describe I, him. I do know this is this is the difference between the books and the, the Jeff knows exactly a, what this guy's name is. I have, I call him Tree Wizard. No, I think I think he is the three-eyed. I think he introduces himself yeah. as the three-eyed raven. Yes, he does. But henceforth will be known as the Tree Wizard. I have a weakness where I. I, like I love reading about fictional worlds on Wikipedia, even like ones that I don't like read the book. Like I read about like Star Wars on Wik- you know Star Wars wikis, even though I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And so like 
I'll just like click around the Game of Thrones wikis and inadvertently spoil little things to myself. So like I knew that like Arya goes to Bravos because I just was like, where's Bravos? And it was like, when Arya goes there. So, you know, I spoiled it that way. So I spoiled the existence of the children for myself. I feel like there's a wiki just for the show. Like a, there's a, yeah, is that possible? But, but there should the, be. There, that's the, something someone should build. The book, there is a, there is a show wiki and a books wiki, but the book wiki is like on a better wiki platform. So mm. I prefer it. Can we go back to a second for when you said you read Star Wars wikis, even though you're not even into Star Wars? Yeah. yeah I'll just why? like, like read about like, I, I like reading with a fictional universe. I like going like, w- like when did the universe start? And there's always like a god or something, you know. Like I like I like reading about the timelines. It's just like fun to go down the rabbit holes for a little bit. I do that at work when I'm. Is it all Greek to, to you? Like, do, do you read Star Wars like pages and like you don't? No, I know what it, I know what's going on. I mean, I know like, enough about Star Wars. Bro, do you even know who Luke Skywalker is? <laughs> Can we get I mean, real here? I know Star Wars, but I'm not like a big. I'm not like a huge Star Wars fan, you know. But I still will go back and you know go back and read it. No, I, I feel yeah. I, it's I have like a the fan. Habit. I have a similar version, habit. You know. that, yeah, that's why we get along. Um, let's get back to the show here. Yeah. I think a, a really a, a, we. Um, I think what. So if the brand story though though reinvigorated and some really cool stuff in that scene yeah. maybe is our not our favorite uh, arc. I think our let's talk about our favorite scene. I think perhaps unanimously, certainly yours and eyes, yours and eyes. Yeah. Uh, Brian, uh, Brienne. Brienne. Brienne and the Hound meet. I call her yeah. Brienne. I can call her. Talk, I call her an anglicized name. Can we talk name. about just because I have not been on a podcast that on which I could talk about it? The fact that there are characters named Brienne, Bran, and Bron. Yeah, that's like in the the laziness of George R. R. Martin's names is already so enormous that then to like have three characters with almost the it's identical like how in names. LA they have the one hundred and one, the one hundred and ten, and the ten. It's killing me. It's God. killing me, Jeff. You've completely been assimilated here. <laughs> oh, it's like. That must have been annoying for him. That this is such a screenwriter complaint, but when he was writing character names, if when they're writing character names in the scripts, it's like okay, B R Brienne, no Braun. It's that's what I meant. Oh, this is oh, so annoying. Y'all know what I'm talking. This yeah. is the, mo- the most L A. Ten seconds yeah, yeah. in your podcast ever, Jeff. <laughs> Highway complaints and screenwriting complaints. Screenwriting software complaints. Specifically. Uh, but no, this draft. scene was I think the, in a very very strong episode, a str- yes. uh, an episode filled with very strong individual scenes. Brienne. Of Tarth, yeah, and fights the Hound in a fucking knuckle dragger of a fight. But let me say, I like the fight, but I liked even my favorite part was right before the fight when Brienne sees Arya the first time. And like, here's the thing about Game of Thrones: I wouldn't call Game of Thrones like a well-directed show uh-huh. the way, like, say, like Breaking Bad is an amazing, amazingly directed show. Normally, they're just like pointing a camera at it. It feels like you know, it's not but, artistically like, directed. I would yeah. say, I would say, there's some very impressive, it's like, cin- impressive action sequences, impressive in an epic sense. It's not, it's not like a, a Tarantino, it's not a director's yeah. show. Sure, you know, but that first scene when Brienne sees Arya and sees her from far away. And then Arya is like talking to the hound, but you can't see the hound yet. She's like, you know, stop taking a shit. Like, come. And you know it's coming. And, and you know, you know Podrick's coming. And you know Podrick's coming too. You know yeah. that, yeah. It's like, it's like there's so much tension. Like, that scene was like so well done. You know, like the fight was like, all right, that's the fight choreographer's business. But the scene before that, like, the tension of it was so palpable. It was really awesome. And it, it, it reminded me of the, in the first, the opening scene, um, when my theory, my the theory we played earlier was immediately proven wrong in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> But when Stannis arrives, this giant army is like char- you know, Jon Snow has gone to meet the king beyond the wall to negotiate. Yeah. All of a sudden, a colossal army. I shows love up. those those arcs of horses running in was awesome. And it's Stannis Baratheon, and Stannis Baratheon meeting Jon Snow 
was so cool. It was like a Jetsons meets Flintstones kind of moment where it's like these two icons of the show who we both who you yeah. you know love equally finally meet you face love to Stannis face. as much as you love I knew John you were Snow. not gonna let that let go. I'm sorry. But they loom No one loves Stannis. They loom large though. They both loom large over the show. Yeah. Certainly. Um I mean Stan like Jon Snow isn't gonna isn't gonna dethrone the Lannisters, you know? Yeah, true. Man, but what's gonna happen? Okay, now I'm getting off track here. We do need to talk about next season though, but before the, the show end of this. is Jeff, how are we on time? Uh, good. We've been going for about 15 minutes. All right. Okay, let's let's. Let, I definitely want to talk about next season predictions because I think a lot of yeah. questions are raised and left unanswered. Can I can answered. I ask you guys something though? Sure. sure. Uh, this is also just because this is a season wrap up in addition to the finale wrap up. Like Joffrey died this season. Doesn't that seem like it was like last year already? Yeah. Absolutely. Like yeah. a really a how many episodes was the season? It was only ten. 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 That's so few. Every season's ten. There's so much happens. That's yeah. so much fewer. And like, jo- like well, I, you... I, I'm talking about it like it's my life, but I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, Joffrey died. Oh boy, that feels like last year already. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, I know you. This is a book thing, um, slightly. But I remember you telling me about this. How this season and last season, although they have introduced stuff from late, later books, I've been told. I, I should leave this for you and Gabriel yeah, to talk. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll... But. The point is a lot. Basically, apparently, the last two. Just to be very, very brief about it, both last season and this season are the same book. So, with all that, mm-hmm. with that in mind, that is a hell of a book. Yeah. Red Wedding. <laughs> also, I would say book review. <laughs> Red <laughs> Wedding, Joffrey death, battle on hell the wall. Of a, book. a lot of stuff happened. I don't know. I, I've also heard. I, I, again, I haven't read the books, but you know, I've talked to people who have, and you get the general gist of like what people's opinions are. And I know a lot of people say like the next book. Or whatever, like in, I heard people say it introduces too many new characters or whatever. But like this character, this season, so many characters died. I'm like ready to have new That's characters. That's true. That's they true. Introduced what, were there new characters? Oberyn this year? He died. Oberyn was the o- kind of the Oberyn big, and he died. And his wife, yeah. Um, I don't think so. But I don't Ober- know. Oberyn made a splash though. Oh my god! In, yeah. yeah, that's worth. I mean, we should we could talk about this season as a whole as well. Oh, you, did, you left that even, you season. left that off your list of cool things this season. That was one of them too. That fight, the yeah. fight, of course. Who yeah. died? Who died this season? Oh, we also had... the mountain died in this episode, sort of with the poison. No, well, no, he's getting okay. No, the uh, mountain. Oh, you just you spoiled it. No, this, this is I don't think spoiler. he's. I think he's. I think Jeff's straight up wrong. I don't think the mountain dies. Like the specifically, they said yeah. they could, that, that seemed like something they could change plausibly. I loved, I loved when like, will he be changed? Well, only a little bit. It's like, oh, this is going to be some fucked up George R. R. Martin. He's going to be like right. lobotomized. So the mountain who's wounded, kind of... yeah, basically the mountain who's wounded uh, yeah. was a, a new uh, Meister kind of went Frankenstein on him. And I, I, I'm, man, prediction, I, th- this will differ from the books, but I'm sure, but prediction is Cyborg Mountain next season, and it's going to be dope. It's going to be the Terminator. Yeah. We also never saw the hound die. Let's go back, going back to our favorite scene here. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's talk, let's talk about that scene. What, what do you... I'm sure, I think the hound's dead for the record. I, I'm not, uh, oh, actually, yes, I, yeah. he's, I think he's dead. But Arya not killing him, I think, is very cool, because it's like, she's, he was on her list, right? He wasn't and, on her list. I, I thought he, he was. I think he was. He was. I think there was a playful. Was she? Then, I, th- I thought they discussed it, but in a playful sense. I don't know if he was actually on her list. So here's here's he, what I'd I say. He was. Here's what I'd say about this episode. Because my big sort of thought about Game of Thrones compared to some of the other shows that I mentioned is that like the characters on Game of Thrones, because there's so many of them, they're often like pretty one dimensional. You know, it's like yeah. Tywin loves his family. Like Tyrion, da da da. You know, it's like you can sum them up in a sentence, and there's not too much depth there. You know, but. 
in Arya and the Hound and Tyrion and Tywin, those were like the characters as they're at their most like full, I thought, you know, because Arya and the Hound had this really complicated relationship where she wants to kill him, but then she learns from the kind of a father daughter relationship. Right. Sure. But then at the end, she's both using the knowledge that she's gotten from him, but also taking revenge on him at the same time by refusing to kill him and saying and like that's her crossing him off the list is saying, I'm going to let you die painfully. Right, you know? right. But, That's a great point. But she is also using like what he's taught her about being, you know, uh, remorseless, you know? And so he's take she's taking that lesson from him simultaneously, which I think is like very cool and like comp- complex, you know. I agree. I think it's a great point and I think it, it really um I think that's kind of an Arya story from since she for really since the beginning of the show, every season she kind of takes has a new tutor whether it's in season one it was her dad and serio in season two i think it was who was her bodyguard in season season two is like oh tywin she like hangs out with tywin for a while and like learns battle strategy in season three she learned that assassin dude uh and then there was the long period with the blacksmith's son and hot pie which is (laughs) a little forgettable i don't even hot pie had his uh glorious return this season let's not forget that I saw a cool thing on. I think there were a ton of uh, wolf po- wolf cookie treats to a lot of people's Game oh, of Thrones yeah, finale. You, that was a great tweet. Uh, didn't you didn't you tweet that you were like, oh, can't wait? I for deleted all the, it afterwards. Can't wait for all the photos of people's wolf cakes. But then I deleted cookies. it, and you gave me shit for deleting it. I was it. like, well, that was a great tweet. I wasn't giving you shit. I was like, that I had to limit. I live. I was. I was. I, I hit my. I don't like to tweet too too many jokes about the same show in one night. <laughs> there was a thing on Reddit, probably on Reddit anyway, about how like. The first time he makes a wolf cookie when Arya leaves is like really shitty looking, but like in the, the this episode this oh, season, like it's like this really like totally. I knew that one. was not a revel. I knew that that was like the, to me that was the thing that was like he's it's grown been, as a human or it's a nice detail. Oh, it's great. Um, so how are we on time? Uh, we're good. It's eleven twenty. How much time you've left? I mean, I've got sixteen hours left on the SD card, so it's <laughs> okay. We'll try and make just, it work. We'll try bizarre. and make it work. Yeah, we'll keep going. Uh, so yeah, the fight scene between them was made between Brienne and the Hound. Yeah. Really well done. So brutal. Two like a uh, probably the two greatest warriors on the show in their own ways. Yeah, coming face to face. But that's sad. Like the one person on the show who you'd want to beat because the, they keep talking about like no one could beat the Hound, and then like who is going to beat him? Like Brienne's the perfect choice to beat him. You know. Uh, so let's move on to the um, Tyrion to. Tyrion's story. Uh, <laughs> Jeff just gave a look. Like I can't tell if he's no, was, if we're messing up the podcast or if there's like some detail that we're getting wrong in wait, the show. The fight, that we wait, must. Let's, let's look over the fight one second more. It was so cool when she's like gonna kill him and he's like, "I'm not a knight." And then they start they throw down their swords. And they just start beating the shit out of each other with their fists. She bites off his ear, Mike Tyson yeah. style. She like gives up being a knight and starts fighting dirty the Hound's way. It's pretty awesome. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't read it that way, but that's a great yeah. read on it. I think. Also, Walter from the Big Lebowski style. That's what I thought of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. I think that it's funny that you – it's cool that you observe them at the sort of like knight style versus not knight style because I think that was – when they first came face-to-face, yeah. the Hound and Brienne, she was like, she should belong with me. I, I made this yeah. oath. I'm all about oaths and loyalty. And the Hound's yeah. like, have you been wa- – the Hound has been watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. He knows what happens to people who believe in this fairy tale notion of oaths and stuff. He's like – she should. She needs to be a like. She should do. She needs to. If Arya 
pledges allegiance to somebody, she's dead. Yeah, and Arya took that lesson from the Hound and didn't go with Brienne. She's which like, is Fuck what that. Which was a real t- and that, that I think that it's really cool and telling that they ended the show not on Tyrion going away, but on Arya. Like Arya, the show has like a really unique oh, fascination yeah. with Arya that I like. Arya is the best character on the show. Uh, she's the, I mean, she's the best hero on the show, you know, like, like she, she and Tyrion are the characters you can tell they're not going to kill. She's sort know? of the anti-Brand because Bran is like this very peaceful, lofty, ethereal character. Arya is so not, I mean, you know, jocking yeah. aside, she's very pragmatic and I'm just learning how to be the most efficient survivor I can possibly yeah. be, which I really think is I cool. I think you can tell, people say... I'm gonna make. I'm gonna go out and I'll make a statement. People say the thing about Game of Thrones is any character can die at any time, and you sure. never know which is gonna die. And that's very true. The char- the show does a great job of making you feel like anything can happen, right? Certainly. I think yeah. if you look at the characters who died, there's a pattern. And if you went back, you could see it foreshadowed. What is the, the pattern? The characters that die are the ones that have too much of like an allegiance to an ideology or a set of oaths or like a way of looking at the world. You know, it's like certainly Rob. Uh, yeah. Rob. Exactly. Um, uh, Tywin is like, you know, his family is the number one thing. You know, Oberyn is like obsessed with his sister's, uh, uh, you know, vengeance and all those things. Right. Yeah. But Arya is just a survivor. And Tyrion is another equally, um, sort of amoral, character who's just trying to make his way in the world those are the characters who do well the characters who stand for anything are the characters who die because they end up going out on a limb too far for that belief or that ideology or that allegiance or that loyalty and then they get killed i wanted to say this gives the show like uh, i want a blank slant and with the blank would insert some political ideology but i don't <laughs> know enough about politics what what, uh, what political I mean, it's ideology pretty, it's pretty clear that george r, r. martin is, is a, a party? ron paul supporter <laughs> um well no but actually going uh that you mentioned the uh the fact that any character could die any time thing made me think of a another question which also could lead us into Mm -hmm. this is a very smooth segue um into the 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 Tyrion scene which which in certain ways maybe is the most important scene of the the most important sequence but um so obviously Tyrion uh is whisked away uh, he's saved by his brother and Varys, and he's being shipped away. We don't know where yet, uh, as as me as meager show watchers, we don't know exactly where Tyrion is going yet. But we know he's been <laughs> saved, <laughs> and he's not been executed. Hooray! He's probably going across the narrow sea, right? He's going in a boat. No, but people, there's a lot of like uh, people, the boat. The only thing on the uh, the, no, the, the, the iron boat goes to from but the there have been is... bo- there have been boat journeys to Stan- Stannis took a boat. The boat went to the Iron Island. The Iron Islands okay, had boats true. and stuff. I think there's lots, lots of things. You can go around things. the continent, I guess. But did you think... Let me ask you this. Speaking of any character can die, did you ever actually think Tyrion could die this season? No. So you never were... In, you never feared for him? Well, I have to say, part of that is because... And this isn't even just talking to people who read the books or like reading the wiki. Like I read like a New Yorker profile of George R. R. Martin years ago, and I knew that people complained that Tyrion wasn't in one of the books enough. So and it was I, a future book. And it was a future book. So I just oh. knew that he wasn't going to die, just for that base reason. But also, would like, you have? You think? Would I have thought he would die? Had you not read that? Had you not read that profile and knew that he was in later books? Would you have thought? I mean, I Michael, really. I guess the question that, is: Do you think? Yeah. Do like, you, I don't know. I don't have any advanced knowledge about Arya. I guess I knew she would go to Bravos from the wiki, but I, <laughs> I, I don't think Tyrion and Arya, because of the way the show treats them, I don't think that they'll die. See, Arya... Until, like, the last episode, you know. Arya, yes. I think Arya clearly is on such a journey. She's so young. She has, you know, so much potential. 
But Tyrion seems like, and Tyrion this season, I feel like honestly this season, even, well, I guess, no, last season wasn't Blackwater. The last two seasons, Tyrion hasn't been the Fonzie of the show that he was in seasons one and two, I feel like. Like, he was a real, he's a great character, still is, but like, the last, especially this season, he's very neutered, you know? Like, he's not quite, part, part of that's being yeah. in chains and stuff. But like, so for me, I'm, all I'm saying is for me, and especially just having learned what George Martin will do. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, even, I think when we were watching this episode, I, I just thought he was at risk. Even watching this episode, I think I, someone annoyingly said to you, when, when, when they were, when, when Jamie was like, okay, Varys will take you here. Go this way. And he was like, thank you, brother. And Jamie gave him this look that was like, kind of a hesitant look. Yeah. And I was like, oh. It's a trick. I think it's a trick. I think it's, yeah. a, I think he's, I think Jamie has been, I don't know, but I, I guess I, in retrospect, I don't know why he's going to be killed anyway, so I don't know why he would do it. But to me, I just thought it was some kind of like, Cersei inspired plot because we they'd established yeah. that James well, loves I, Cersei. And you said that, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that could be true. Like you're and I have no idea. And the show is very good about making you, you know, especially all that stuff with Ramsey and uh, and what's his face, um, uh, no dick guy number twenty seven. Um, oh, uh, 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 oh, sure, this, yeah, um, uh, Theon, 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 yeah. There's that whole episode arc where he's, yeah, he, he seemingly has escaped the clutches of uh, the bolt. Yeah, exactly. And then it's just so yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I don't know what's gonna happen here, but I don't know. I just feel like, like I said, I don't think Tyrion fit. To me, I was okay. Like, say, say, like Tyrion was executed at the end of the episode. You know, um, his story wouldn't have fit the arc of the other characters who died. He would have died because his father didn't want him to live. You know, he would just—he's just sort of like a kicked dog who's like being put to death because you know he—he he never had the upper hand, and that's like not satisfying in any way you know like i mean rob's death was rob's death was like shocking but it was also like foreshadowed and made sense in the logic of the show because he like but i think only in retro i think only in retrospect only in retrospect yeah but like in i think that it had but i think that i think the red wedding was a game changer because it i think because it established precisely it established that these the the, sh- the showrunners and George Martin obviously are willing to go contrary to the thing precise thing that you're saying. I think some, sometimes they're willing to like I, I don't know. I, I think that the Red Wedding, the Red Wedding wasn't uh, the Red Wedding wasn't uh, just paying allegiance to the themes of this show. It was establishing the themes of the show, in my opinion. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, you didn't quite know those themes beforehand. Yeah, that's that's fair. But you know, then, then again, you can maybe maybe this is the kind of show that could only have one red wedding. You know, I mean, the Joffrey death was also kind of shocking. Also, that's Ned true. Stark in the first place. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Season one, of course. Yeah, and so, season one. So, what did you think of the scene with? Uh, um, okay, T- Tyrion kills Shay. That's that was a crazy thing to happen. That was yeah. I think the most to me the most. I mean, this I guess maybe is the primary crazy thing, but it was so untyrian like to me. What, he, it was so it was so emotionally ruthless in a way that Tyrion yeah. isn't normally. But I guess he, his feelings for Shay are so strong. I, yeah. I mean, I think he only. It's funny, like all the indignities, all the, the death threats, all that, that Tyrion's gone through, I don't think any of those, and I think the show kind of established this, that's not, he only shot Tywin because of Shay. Like, I think that was a, that was a, yeah. that was not a, you tried, I mean, he mentioned these things, but I think, I think that, 
that was a crime oh, yeah, of like you clear. slept with my girlfriend. Well, and he only shoots in the second time he calls her a whore, and he does it like very like perfunctorily on like, the toilet. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, on the toilet. Killing Tywin, Tywin Lannister, who I think I said it before we watched the episode. One of my, fa- I have so many favorite characters on this show. I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, flip flops. Yeah. I realize it's, like, it's kind of the Hound. Tywin it's kind is of Brienne. Kind of, I like characters who are who have a strong ethos. Maybe this means they're all gonna die, but. Um, I don't know, but no, like Tywin Lannister shot to death with a crossbow by his own imp son. Not yeah. that the imp makes which it is, more, more which worse. Is th- that's very like on that, a, on the toilet. Yeah, as and as a viewer, that's like hilarious and awesome, and it's great. Like you see, you know, Ty- Tyrion kill Tywin is like fuck yeah, right? But before that, there was a scene where he killed his girlfriend. In like a fit of rage, like like rage, jealousy, and he felt betrayed. Right? Though she he also grabbed, a, she her. grabbed a knife. Though she grabbed a knife. Yeah, but he strangles her to death, and then he's like, the, when he goes like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like immediately, it's like so eerie. Remember yeah. when he said, that? "I'm sorry." Like he knows that it was wrong. It was like, a crime of passion, certainly. That's what I think about the show. Is like, um, uh, that was the cool move. I think it's like, like okay, we're not gonna kill Tyrion. We're gonna have him do something like morally reprehensible that's gonna make you like him less, you know. But you I don't think, think her grabbing the, cool the knife move. gives him some just like he, she definitely grabbed. No, the knife. it wasn't self defense. He she didn't grabbed stra- the knife. She yeah, was he, trying to kill him with a knife. He strangled her with a cord. He had already beaten her. And she, he put a cord around her neck and strangled her to it, death. I don't think she was like subdued before. He, I, well, I don't didn't write. Um, I think she grabs a knife out of fear. Yeah. Oh, like he was already attacking her? I think she, like, knows the jig is up. She, like, you know, she knows she's in danger. That's kind of my read of it. Oh, like, she knew that Tyrion was... She thought that Tyrion was going to kill her the second Yeah, like, even though even though maybe I'd have to watch it again, slash read it again, like, he's not, like, attacking her yet. Like, it's it's already self-defense. It's anticipating self-defense. Now whose politics is it? Now (laughs) whose politics? (laughs) She grabs the knife. She didn't attack him. She grabbed the knife, and then he attacks her. You know, I think is... But I think uh, a great irony about uh, Tywin's death is that Tywin, who is so... His, I think his primary, all he cares about is his legacy, the bloodline, the family, and like this sort of like keeping the family strong, right? Like that's why he's arranging all his marriages and whatnot, and and yet he dies in this the most ignominious way possible, like yeah. sleeping with your, you know, sleeping with your son's whore, and then on the toilet. Like I could just see next season, like on the town square, the like the town gesture being like, ooh, and I'm Tywin Lannister yeah. on the toilet <laughs> shot by my own imp son. Oh, I hope they show us that. <laughs> that like like the gestures from the Joffrey death episode. Yeah. I hope they come back out and do a little scene about it. The one with no tongue? Um, was there a guy with no tongue? It's the guy that sings the song, the guy that Joffrey had his tongue cut out because he sung oh, a goofy God. song about him. Oh, boy. During those evil, well, now we're, now we're in the, the lovely, actually, well, okay, let's, actually, this, this is good. I want to talk about predictions for next season. Okay. We're no longer in the reign of Joffrey is, is what made me think of this. We're now in the reign, reign of Tommen. <laughs> the yeah. peaceful reign of Tommen. First of his name. First of his... Really? I think so. Something like that. Cool. All right. So we got... Next season, we got Marjorie versus Cersei, right? Mm-hmm. To control Tommen. That's going to be awesome. Because yes, Tywin Cersei's is dead. Not, oh, right. Cersei's not going anywhere. Got a big power vacuum there. You know? Tywin being dead is very... Because Tywin, to me, was is the... Def- and probably to a lot of the people... The de facto king. Yeah, he's like the most powerful guy in the like, whole who's world. Who's gonna be? Yeah. Who will be making judgment? I guess Jamie. Yeah, I think Jamie. Like, who else even uh, has the? I think so. Maybe. 
I think Jamie and Varys or are... Littlefinger. Littlefinger's Finger. gone. He's in the Eyrie. Yeah, yeah, but he's still in Westeros. Like he's like the pow- like who are, who are the powerful people in Westeros right now? Stannis, Littlefinger. Uh huh. Jamie is like he doesn't hold political power. You know. But I think I I think Tommen. Uh uh oh 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 the um the Warden of the North. Uh, what's his Bolton? Oh, can we talk about like Bolton? Bolton is like owns the whole north and the guy who he like Ugh, is a liege to I hate that family I do not know. want that family that I, oh, that yeah. is another storyline those I'm are bad guys too. <laughs> also not my favorite storyline in the show I think it like yeah but, but I was kind of cool that scene when Ramsey Snow when when Bolton gave Ramsey Snow his name and you're like you're kind of happy for Ramsey <laughs> when right. he's like he's like thank you father you're like good job Ramsey but you're minute. horrible you're the worst the character show's ever on television like, you're definitely like yeah I mean there are scenes where like oh my god like Poor Cersei. Wait a minute. Poor Cersei who, like, poisoned her kid. Oh, or yeah. poor Jamie. Oh, poor Jamie who, like, pushed a kid out a window. Or poor anyone who, everyone, like, yeah, everyone I mean, has just, done something horrible. Just this episode had Cersei getting back at Tywin. You're like, yeah, Cersei, fuck Tywin. I love Cersei. And then the next scene, she's, like, obviously manipulating Jamie and going, right. like, I love you now, like, to, say, like, secure her position, sort of. And it's just, like, those back-to-back is, you know, uh, so much what the show is about. So I think I think you're right. I think power vacuum in Westeros. I think that Jamie will play a big part, politically speaking. I don't know exactly how. I don't think he's... Uh, for me, I, he's my nominee for hand of, next Hand of the King. I just feel like he's got the <laughs> Lannister blood, like... yeah. You know, Cersei loves him. He's got Cersei in her. In, they, they, they. He, you know, has her allegiance. Um, well, I think, uh, but be a good time for Daenerys to invade, huh? But that's but oh, let's talk about Daenerys. We haven't even talked about that plot. Maybe should we even yeah. talk about well, just her Dan- chaining her dragons up. I think her oh. to me that says that Daenerys, <laughs> to the dismay of many, many, many show watchers who really want her to ride dragons into <laughs> King's Landing. Yeah, not going to invade Westeros anytime soon. She ch- literally chains her dragons up. That's the last thing we saw of her. I think what we're learning is like, it's tr- it's bittersweet because on one hand, it's like, oh, she's she's putting aside her dreams of con- she, of, of her grand dragony dreams of taking over <laughs> Westeros yeah. and focusing on building her infrastructure, which is really politically <laughs> smart and nice. And I think some of our, some of yeah. our world leaders could learn from that. <laughs> But at the but, same time, we all just want to see the fireworks. I think it's like George R. R. Martin. I, I to me, it's like looking at it. It's so funny because it's like in like the first. I read like the first couple chapters of the first book, and but the show was already coming out, so I was like, I'm just gonna watch the show. I bailed. I was like, I'll just watch the show. But like in the first like hundred pages, he's like, Daenerys wants to go west to like reinvade Westeros. Like he sets it up immediately. Yeah, you know. And then I think he quickly realized that like. When that happens, not having read the rest of the books, but my prediction is he realized when that happens, that's like the end of the whole series. So he's got to put it off as long as possible. He's like, oh, when am I going to get around to this? So it's like a lot of like delaying tactics. You know, he's like where she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to I got to like figure out for the slaves or whatever, you know, Um, because there's just too much going on in Westeros for Daenerys to invade right now. What do you think about um the Stannis, like, what's happening with the Stannis Jon Snow thing up north? We, I just want to return to that really quickly while we have time mm. and stuff. Like, they, you know, big big twist at the beginning, a, a yeah. variation on my wrong prediction, but um, 
I, I did think it was a little bit of a cop-out. Whenever anybody, you know, uh, Game of Thrones is good at often, like, finishing the tense scenes. Whenever, like, the tense scene, I, I was like, I want this scene between... Mace Windu, that's not his name, uh, Mance Raider, and... Uh, <laughs> that is a great all-name for him, though. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's what jumped into my head every time. Uh, Mance Raider and Jon Snow. You do want... read those Star Wars uh, Wikipedia pages. <laughs> well, I wonder why it, does he have a purple lightsaber? Uh, you want to know. It turns out it's a different type of crystal. Um, uh, but, like, you know, so I wanted that scene to finish. So when, like, the horns blew, I didn't know who was coming yet, but I was a little bummed out that... That's like that was such a cool thing to set up that Jon Snow is going to go try to assassinate Mance Raider by himself. So to like have it, you know, right. Deus Ex Machina, like somebody rides in. I was a little, a little bit bummed out by but that. But I wouldn't say it's a Deus Ex Machina because it's not like because it's all. I mean, I guess I it kind of is. I think it's that, kind of the classic Deus Ex Machina. But he, but it's not like he's some magical person that came in from nowhere. Like yeah. we, we've, if you. But the, but you're right though it is that like but he just shows us like oh he was riding there it was coast. very surprising along, and it you know. raised I'm, I want it made me really want to look at a map of Westeros and see exactly how he got there it was also um, cool. that can be a rage ah. <laughs> <laughs> that can be a rage <laughs> yeah you listeners like explain to me the, if 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 you happen to know the geography of Westeros if anyone out there even knows that. Here's, someone should make a map. Here's something that's weird to me. But come on, me. like, is there even an, like, how the hell did he get there? What, 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 what happened to the Pirate King? There's a really cool map online that someone made that's like the map, and you can put it in either the chapter or the episode number. You can put it in either way, and it'll like update the map. That's with awesome. Like the political oh, borders. that's cool. And so you can. And you can put it in, like, to see where it is at a point in the book or a point in the show. It's pretty impressive that they gave you both options. Yeah. I, I do have one, just because I'm talking on a podcast about Game of Thrones. doesn't happen that often. Sure. Not related to this episode, but just thing I want to talk about. The map of Westeros is so, like, rectangular. It's, like, so obviously made to, like, be on the inner page of a book that it, like, bugs me. Like, it doesn't <laughs> look like a real map because it, like, it all fits within, like... So many squares. So you're saying of like map. George Martin was like was drawing the map and he was like, and then it'll have a oh, I'm out of room. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That 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 city doesn't exist. <laughs> like, yeah, no it's room just, for it. It just like fits. It's like all fits within the same rectangle in this very like odd way that like no landmass on Earth does. Um, yeah, it's, like a, it's a perfect rectangle. Westeros is a perfect rectangle. Yeah, it's really weird. I want to ask you guys. Um, sure. You know what? What is it like being around people that have read the book? Because I do feel a little obnoxious, like separating myself from this conversation. But it's it's kind of not fun for me because you say no. things and I just like I can't react. You know, so like I have to like. It's a great question. Mm. So I'm just wondering, like, I mean, it's to me, it's remarkable that like things like the Red Wedding, um, and not only the Red Wedding, but like the Who Done It part of the Red Wedding, as well as what we just saw tonight, like that these things are not getting out as spoilers is remarkable to me. You know, like, I can't, because... That's if, true. If, like, I feel like if the finale of Breaking Bad had leaked oh, two weeks before Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad ended, like, mm. I would have gone into lockdown. I would have been so afraid of right, it. But right, right, right. these Game of Thrones spoilers are out there, and yet you guys seem to walk around, you know, living your lives. <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, it, it seems like you're doing all right. I guess people aren't... Three years into the show being the biggest fucking thing in the world. Yeah, I, I guess people aren't, like, four actively years, Googling. Years, people aren't, like, actively Googling the what happens. And, like, people who've read the books aren't, like maliciously tweeting or talking about it like you know they sort of that's know, true there's a certain you know. like there's a a, a a delightfully conspicuous lack of trollism on the part of the book readers yeah. such as yourself jeff in terms of spoiling it for us i think i think it's because 
certainly maybe I'm just I'm lucky to know nice people like you and Owen and Mike, our coworkers, yeah, uh, who read the books, who delight in not telling us. Maybe it's more of a power thing. You love watching. Like it's like those videos we watch. Maybe maybe there's more joy in watching us go ape shit when the way the red wedding happens than there is in spoiling. Oh it yes, for us yeah. I had a friend on, I had a, in, via tweet. I had a friend who like made me come. He was like, uh, he was like, come over and watch Game of Thrones tonight. And I was like, I'm busy. And he's like, no, come over and watch. This is the Red Wedding episode. Yeah, because he oh, wanted me to amazing. watch the Red Wedding. And he was like, yes, I'm so happy you came. Like that's why he did. When we did a sketch up on that premise, the fun of watching your friends watch Game of Thrones if you know what's going to happen. This was you guys did this as a college humor sketch. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's what's like, it called so people can. Uh, find do it. you remember what it's called? It's uh, it's got like a deliberately sort of. Um, uh, court jesterish name. It's like <laughs> watching people who haven't read the books watch Game of Thrones. I believe. Uh, yeah, is the name and it stars Mike Trapp, and it's like uh, you who know, is a book reader who is yeah. the personification. Yes, um, but I, I also think it's that like when people spoil a show or a movie, it's because they want to talk about it. Like if we go to work tomorrow and other people haven't seen it, and we spo- we're gonna be like, oh, what'd you think of this scene? We want to talk about it, you know. And people are like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. But in the case of the books, like the books came out years ago, so like you and your other book reader friends are not like actively having Twitter conversations about like what happened at the end of like a yeah. feast for crows. The you one know, of them, the, in uh, 2014, a dance with dragons came out like since the show has been on, you know. Yeah. So like that that did happen at least once. I was a little behind, but, but there's you. so many fewer people who are so caught up on the books at that point that it's like a not yeah. as much of it going on. But what comp- I mean, I don't want to you know, what not to spin this around but i would you know we're at your mercy what compels you to not spoil it for us as a book reader um or- i don't know i mean i'm pretty spoiler phobic as i think listeners of the show will know I'm, I'm still kind of reeling over that mountain mountain mishap which i think means nothing by the way which i think means nothing from earlier in the uh, episode <laughs> so um, you're gonna clear aren't you gonna give the the, the like warning no, i don't know so so I, many things could happen I, with I, him I, i'm not I, worried about I, it i i like particularly anal about spoilers so i would like be there and that's part of what makes it difficult to discuss the show and why i'm so glad and thank you guys for coming and doing this um because i i it's that's what makes it difficult to discuss the show with you guys is that like especially now that like the timeline's a little mixed up like i think the first few seasons were pretty straightforward like season one was book one season two was book two it's a little mixed up now and like we were talking about tonight and like what has happened and what hasn't is like murky especially because uh, like season two and three, I was still catching up with the books and I was like reading them around the time. Like I haven't read the books in a year or two now. So like, and I haven't watched season two of the show in a few years now. So like, it's really difficult to keep them separated and to, to discuss it with uh, people who have read the show. I am, you know, it, which is I, frustrating because everyone's talking about it. It's so cool. That it's like this, yeah. this nerdy, nerdy thing. And uh, it's, it's the just, biggest it's, show in the country. The, yeah. yeah it's the, whenever I, it, it, whenever I talk to people who read the books like you or, you know, probably half a dozen other my friends who who have read the books and they all love the show every bit as much as I do and yeah. they seem every bit, every bit as much as excited by it and surprised as I am and I'm always a little bit baffled I'm, I'm a little baffled because I'm like like isn't it like aren't you sad that you're miss? especially you know what no really is friends who I know who started reading the books after the show became a thing and they are, they were so into it and this is yeah. I think it's, they got so into it I've, they're like I gotta find out what I happens find, the real the and books. I'm like isn't yeah. that ruining the show for you and whether it's people who have read the books before the shows or after the show they all kind of say no they say it's still enjoyable they say it's still fun yeah. in, in a different way yeah, it is. but for me I just I just love the experience like I wouldn't trade that red wedding experience for anything you know Literally anything. (laughs) Adam, Pat, thank you so much for doing this. So fun talking about the show. But we have to keep moving to the spoiler half of the show. So please welcome to Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Studios, John Gabris. Hello, John. 
Hey, what's up, Jeff? Thank you for having me to talk about Game of Thrones, I think, for the third time now, right? I think this is the fourth time. The fourth time? Because I think we did it for the first season. I'll tell you what. You know what I should have watched, actually, is um, on Nerd Alert, which is three or four years ago already, we did one when Game of Thrones started, and like the topic was like, can this be a hit fantasy show or something? And you were on that, and I'm pretty sure... <laughs> That a few months later I was doing the podcast and you were on that. So I think this is actually the fourth time we've done it. This is um, the podcast. I, I do remember getting all the podcast stuff over together over July 4th. So I'm actually coming up on, I believe, the fourth anniversary. This right, because like, I think it was I was like the second guest after Scott, right? Yeah, it was you, Scott, and um, what can I think of his name? Pete from Anamanaguchi. Oh, right, 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 right. I think I might have recorded you second, though. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. So that is. I think yeah. this is, yeah, this, we've talked about Game of Thrones on microphones a lot. And um, and on Gchat even more. So I hope we don't, <laughs> I hope we don't repeat ourselves. So Pat and Adam were just talking. So wait, first of all, we should, this is the part where we're going to start talking about the book. So people, let's give people some not, let's give people some gabers before we start talking about the book, though. Sure. So they don't have to start talking, so right. they don't have to turn it off right away. Is there something and, we could talk about? Is there something we could talk about? We could talk about how we felt about episodes nine and ten of this season, right? That would, yeah, we got that. Yeah, we got that. Thing, yeah. You see any movies? I, you know what? Here's what I want to oh, say. I, I want a movie recommendation. I got a movie recommendation okay. for okay. you. Let's okay. Let's recommend a movie to each other, and then we're going to go, and then we'll give you a warning, and then you can stop listening, everyone. All right. Okay. Here is my recommendation for you. Yeah. The Red Dawn remake. What? Wow. Yes. Did not see that coming. So I think there's this new trend, I mean, for moviegoers that the reverse, like uh, doing remakes and reboots actually gives you the reverse effect. Usually it's like, oh, a built-in fan base, but I think you're turning off the built-in fan base sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I would never have seen the Red Dawn remake because I was like, I can't believe they're remaking Red Dawn. But then I did happen to watch it because it was on instant and I just watch everything. And it was fucking great. It's just a solid, awesome action movie. Everyone is good in it. It's really fun. It's updated well. There's, there's some, a Hemsworth in it, right? Yeah, there's, I think there's two Hemsworths. Both Hemsworths. I think both Hemsworths are in it. PETA, Malarkey, and Thor. Uh, <laughs> wait, PETA's a Hemsworth? Isn't he? I don't know. I thought there was another guy. I Maybe think PETA right. is. There's three. There's I think three? PETA is one. And then I, I like Thor's so cockily ass. I don't, I don't know anything <laughs> about the Hemsworths. <laughs> but I'm telling you. Everyone, watch the Red Dawn remake. The action is fucking awesome. The only thing I know about that movie is the villains were originally China, and then they realized that they had to sell the movie in China, so and in post-production, they changed it all to Korea. <laughs> with just coloring. Yeah. <laughs> and like, well, they're with red, I guess, right? right. Uh, well, I don't know what they did, but they didn't do anything. They didn't reshoot anything, and were able to switch it from China to Korea. Man, I'm surprised to hear that. Red Dawn didn't strike me as an unremakeable movie. Like, it's a cool movie. It's a cool premise. It's a little dated. It's a little cheesy in some ways, and like could stand to be updated. It made it. It was a good, updatable movie. Yeah, the, the update but the great. but be, it, that movie was like kicking around for years, you know. And like, right. I think there was some like I don't know. You're just that's just the first positive thing I've heard about it. I think that's the kind of movie that needs to be remade. The movie that was only limited by like. It was an 80s movie, so there's, like, stupid action, you know, yeah. like, Avenge Me and, like, the machine guns and, sh- like, now this, it's fucking awesome, dude. I really, really enjoy it. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. My suggestion for you is something I got from The Dissolve, which I read all the time. Yes. And they recommended a kung fu movie that is also on Netflix called Ninja 2. Oh, I emailed it to you. Never mind. I've already this. recommended it to you and you saw it. <laughs> and Never I mind. already saw it. It's great, though, right? It is awesome. I guess I'm just recommending I saw it to the, the listeners, too. I saw the... Uh, the Zolve article too. That's why I watched it's it. It's called Ninja Two: Shadow of a Tear, which is an absolutely terrible title for a movie. <laughs> it's like a video game, <laughs> like. But it's uh, it's just like what every terrible action movie wants to do. It's it's a terrible movie, like terribly acted, terribly plotted, like low budget, like it looks like a cheap action movie, but. 
the action is actually good. Like it's, it's like graphic. very high caliber. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And like really long, unbroken takes. You know, not yeah. like elbow cut. Not like Born Identity style, where like you can't even really tell what happened. Like this dude is a fucking awesome martial artist, and they just like let him do his thing for like thirty seconds yes, at a time. It's, yes, it's, but it's a great watch. But it's like, isn't it like the opening scene is like the pregnant wife is killed with like? Uh, a it's chain. not the opening scene, but spoiler: the, <laughs> the pregnant wife is killed with some sort of but chain whip. That thing. is such like a throwback. A kung fu. The the most br- brutal thing a bad guy could do is kill yeah. a pregnant woman. <laughs> so okay, now we've gotten that out of the way. Spoiler country. John Gabris, are you ready to talk about Game of Thrones from the perspective of those who have read the book? So if you have not read the books, now is the time to stop listening to the podcast. Yes. Okay. Let's talk. Okay, about we're there. It. So we what's like it. what's what's the thing that is on your mind after watching the season, being a reader of the books? What what I I have a lot on my mind. Okay, well let's talk because I. I'm a little rusty. I haven't read any of the books. That's it should be noted like it's funny like you could track it'd be fun to listen to the four of these in a row and like track our feelings about it over the yeah. years cuz I think it would f- be fun for no one. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be great if I could hire an add an intern that could do that for me. I remember like I think the first one I hadn't read the books and then I was reading the books and then I had just finished the books. Now I finished the books a while ago now and yeah, like me too. I don't totally remember a lot of the details anymore. I, I was watching this season at points being like and, t- and my wife is asking me what's going to you have to tell me what's going to happen. I'm like I'm not 100% sure because also they all like blend together. Well and- now they're starting and I talked about this with um Pat and Adam a little bit. Now they're starting to mix it up. Like the first book was pretty much the first season. The second book was pretty much the second season. This fourth season was part mostly the third book, but parts of the fourth and even the fifth book kind of woven in there. Right. So it's it's and that's why this is split up is because it's now really difficult to keep track of what's in the books and what's not, what's different and what what's changed. Um so this was the season though where I thought there were the most it felt like at least there were the most changes, you know? Um there was yes. the most and Here's something controversial. I think the show's better, and I'm honestly not sure if I'm going to read The Winds of Winter, which is the next one. <laughs> no, well, I will be 55 when it comes out. I know. Out. <laughs> I honestly don't. I think the show is better. The show really streamlines a lot of the book. Oh, for sure. And for sure. I know this is like, I don't feel great about saying this, but I think like if I read The Winds of Winter a year or two from now, like I was reading about some stuff that was left out of the show, and I was like, what are you even fucking talking about? Yeah. Like, if they brought in characters that weren't from the show, like I don't remember them from the... Uh, I would, the- yeah, I would have, like, I was Dondrick Barbarian. I'd be like, what the fuck? So what, what, what were the big changes this year? Well, one we can talk about right away, kind of the pressing one. I heard a lot of people today talking about the lack of Lady Stoneheart. Right, in, I thought for sure that was going to be the last image of Which is season. how the books work. That's the end of the third book. And is, it's such a strong image. But I could see Lady Stoneheart being completely eliminated from the TV show. So here's the thing, and the thing that we say every year and why it's so hard to talk about about the show with people that haven't is because all right so this these this third book storm of swords has uh everything that happened last season so the red wedding yeah primarily being a big thing it is the purple wedding i don't know if i would feel about that but you know the, i don't yeah, like yeah yeah the, the joffrey, joffrey murder yeah um it's got the battle on the wall that we saw it's got the uh mountain verse um, uh the red viper the red viper <laughs> it's got lady stoneheart at the end it's got it's got tywin being killed tywin being killed um, so all these like huge moments, I cannot. I'm honestly struggling to remember. I don't think there's anything in book four or five that is as good, as exciting as any one of those five. That's things. what I was trying to like, remember. What else too. happens? I was, I was doing the exact. What else thing. even happens? I was after like, what? This? I literally 
after watching the finale, uh, I watched it late last night. The, today's Monday. I watched it late Sunday when I got home from a flight, and I said to myself, what am I looking forward to now? And I can't remember what I'm looking forward to. Daenerys? I, I heard a lot of people be like, oh, you know, a lot of... Sh- show people are like oh you know they're just putting off like her coming to westeros and i'm like guys no. get fucking comfortable <laughs> get- they've been putting it off for fucking five thousand pages <laughs> get com- if, if that is what you are waiting for get cozy because it is going to be a while daenerys's plot line is pretty much this i have an idea for my people someone comes in that idea didn't work okay how about we shift it slightly all right and then next episode we check in that idea didn't work it's like come on She's, I think, one of the most popular characters, but uh, her a, a lot of people. It's interesting, like it's just all bureaucracy. Right? Season two and season four, there were a lot of people talking about how like she was kind of just spinning her wheels, and <laughs> that's correct, and that's because like she's not a major character in the books, and you just got to keep these characters. We've talked about this before, right? But, and not only that, now we got new characters being introduced, right? Well, there weren't many new characters this year, except with the notable exception of the Red Viper. Who they killed? Who they ki- yeah, yeah. But he made a that guy made a splash. He's already on another show. I forget he's what show he's on. The best. Yeah, he, he was, was he such was a good, good. actor. Yeah, he's such me- a good character. Some, he immediately got hired for something else. That was so fun. That's another fun thing about watching the show for me too. Is like watching a character. Like I don't remember Oberyn that much from the books. I just know, but I don't remember him being cool. And then I watch the show and I'm like, oh fuck, he's an awesome character. Yeah. <laughs> like you, I love the Hound. Yeah, like yeah. I look because the Hound. Well, but it's the- so interesting. Like the characters that there's some, there are some characters that really the show really improved. The Hound would be one. Like the yeah. Hound, we, and the one that I always bring up. God, I know we're repeating ourselves in previous years. I know I said that last year. Even that is repeating it. <laughs> but Bron, Bron is like nothing in the books. Right. And one of my but favorite is he done scenes. Now? Of this, uh, I think he's. Well, I think they changed it. I think I, I read that they changed it. I don't remember the books this well. But in the, sh- in the book, he, he kind of sails off into the sunset a little more definitively. Here, he was like, I'm going to be hanging around King's Landing right, a little right, bit. Right, like, right. And you know he's going to go meet up with Tyrion wherever Tyrion ends up. Because he's not in the books anymore, as no, I recall. No. He's only, um, Brienne's another character who I think my view of her is um, really um, colored by the later books where she has absolutely fucking nothing to do and just wanders around aimlessly. And that... Um, in the show, she's great. She's, she's like, great. She's, she's one an of the best interesting character. She's fun. Podrick is like a whole new thing. Yeah, Podrick's thing. fun. Podrick's pretty good on the uh, in the books too. Yeah. So one thing about the Lady Stoneheart thing is that in the book, as I recall, she recognizes Brienne. She's the one that recognizes Brienne's sword as Lannister gold. And that's how she, and she thinks Brienne's with, oh, and then gets her hung. I think. I think she <laughs> tries to kill. Po- she does or tries to kill Podrick. I right. Think. But it's just interesting. Like I, it feels like they're they're right. Well, here's the other thing. People about are listening Sto- to this, going like, "You fucking idiots!" I, I can't. Put, yeah. Well, here's the other thing about Lady Stoneheart. End of book three. It's like, by the way, Caitlyn Stark's a fucking zombie. Yeah, and she's bent on revenge. She never does. She, I think, she's, she has one other appearance. This Podrick scene that we barely remember from books four and five. Right, and that's what I was saying. Like the like whole. That, why even bring her back? Like b- Men Without she, Banners, the Brotherhood yeah, of Without yeah. Banners. Like uh, if she does tie into the plot line in book six or seven or whatever, that's like gonna be four fucking years from now you think they're flying michelle whatever her name yeah. is out for that <laughs> to just like stand by the river and but that's i, I guess that's the challenge of adapting you know right adapting the books of the show and i want yeah i wonder if that comes into consideration because i feel like they could just eliminate that and then they can eliminate tywin's another character who i like a lot in this show gave a lot more depth to right. Tywin, like right tywin when tywin dies in the book it's like oh that's a big deal but tywin's like 
I think they gave Sansa way more weight in the show too. Yeah, Sansa I like a lot. I mean, because they're giving like that moment when she lies and like hugs the person and looks at Littlefinger. I was like, yes, yeah, that yeah. was cool. That was cool. I'm trying to think of other stuff that they changed. I felt like there were a lot of interesting changes and additions. Probably the biggest addition was that one. Which I know you must have loved this when it ended with like a five minute scene of like the White Walk, like it just cut to White Walkerville and like it gave us this insight into the their world that is not at all in the books. When right, touches the baby or and it's, it's like some like heavy metal album cover. You know? Yes, like it's like an old. Uh, it's like from. It's like an old uh, blacklight poster. Yeah, it's like yeah. The like Crypt like reaching out to yeah. touch something. <laughs> I like that was like I feel like they added more. I'm trying to you know. Someone who was prepared might have done some research and <laughs> made a list of such things. I did not. I know. I should have, like, buffed up on the books. No, it's my show. It's kind of my responsibility. <laughs> uh, we, we definitely should have reread all the books. But that's what I'm thinking. Like, I think I'm not going to read the next book and just wait for oh, the show. I'm for sure going to read the next I'll book, and I'm going to be furious. Also, I'm wondering how now that I've seen all that, sh- like, how that's going to, when I read it, am I going to be picturing? Uh... Oh, well, I didn't start reading the book until oh, after yeah. I'd seen I the finished show. all the books except for the most recent one before the show even started. Yeah, which is really cool i always say this every year but people that read the books before the show like get a badge as far as i'm concerned you know like that's recommended book. to me by dan meth friend of the oh, show oh yeah. really he works at buzzfeed now <laughs> yeah out here though no, in new york you're. bummer I yeah love that, dude. yeah me too all right uh so oh that's interesting that dan meth recommended that to yeah because i was a, i'm a big fantasy reader and he was just like oh have you ever read a song of ice and fire i was like no he's like they're like huge and they're going to i, th- I heard they're developing it as an hbo show or something like that and i was like fuck yes i'll check it out i watched it and i was i read like all four books right away and i was like cannot wait for the show to come out I'm, yeah <laughs> but here's so i don't like as i think i said last year the fourth and fifth book i'm gonna stop saying that i apologize Let, this is just a blanket apology for any time i'm repeating myself yeah. from here to the end of the podcast i don't like books four and five that much and yet i'm reasonably confident in the show's ability to fix them because one putting all the like not breaking up bring not breaking up the characters into two sets which is what the fourth and fifth books did right already is going to help things and the show has done a lot of great work like streamlining like really complicated plot lines and making them uh you know i i think not dubbing them down but just like I mean, the, the books are They're just... They're, like, super potent. They're, like, crystallized yeah. all these storylines to be like, I bet you we can tell you all about the the Mance Raider stuff in uh, a two-minute scene. And they just do. Yeah. Because there's all that shit. Because, you know, there's no, like, there's no horn that's going to smash the wall, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that shit. Right, right. I don't miss anything, I would say. Like, I, it's it's difficult to think except for... Strong now, Bell like, strang, Strong Bell Loss <laughs> is like the Tom Bombadil of, yeah. of the George R. R. Martin verse, you know? No but in, when you look at Khaleesi's entourage, there's no need for another main oh character. Oh, my God, I know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. She's got, like, seven people. She's literally like, Jorah Mormont, get out of here. And it's like, well, I'll stand next to the other guy that you also think could be Jorah, the other old white yeah. guy with a beard. Yeah. It'll be fun when Jorah hooks up with Tyrion, yes. presumably early next year. And we... And we I haven't even touched on all the Sunspear stuff, like all those people. Oh, I did read. I think the Sand Snakes are going to be in the show next year. Yeah, his daughters. And like the Dawn Star or whatever those people's names are. Oh, That's all escaping. The, um, the group the of water, people. The, the, the Kraken folk, the uh, the Greyjoys. The, not the Greyjoys. But there is a whole Greyjoy subplot with like, there's like the election and the, the moot or something. The yeah, Grand's the, moot or uh, something. Yes. Is it the smoot or is it the moot? It's like. Something like that though. Yeah, like with the, damp hair. Yeah, like that's a whole like tree of the family. But it's interesting, like, there are some actors who really are on their show once a year. Like, Theon's sister, who's a cool character. Yes, in the book, she's awesome, too. And they changed her somehow, I think, from whatever. She is, like, 
she had a pretty important part one this year, but like, I mean, um, what's his name? Dondrick Barbar- Barbarian, whatever his name is. Dondrick Barbarian sounds like a fucking Hanna Barbera, like yeah. cartoon, <laughs> like Jaguar or something. And uh, he, uh, you know, he'll be back at some point. Like, I mean, he wasn't on the show at all this year, you right. know. And uh, what should we call it? Uh, the Mountain has been on three seasons, three different actors. Right. Well, that's what. Well, the Mountain's easy to remember who they're talking about. But that's what's uh, that's what's going to be interesting about reading the like. That's why I'm worried about reading the book again because I was re- when I was reading about changes, it was like. Um, you know, the hounds fight. I was like, because I remembered it wasn't Brienne, but I couldn't remember exactly no, yeah. what happened to him. And it was with Poliver and the Tickler, who are two other people who are on um, Arya's list yes. from whatever days. And, uh, you know, I was like, what the? Like, who are these people? Those You think there's a lot of characters in the book? Try Or you think there's a lot of characters in the show? Try the book. Like, yeah. And what about, like, then doesn't the mountain come to life? Don't they, like, yeah, put him in a suit of armor? Which they hinted at. Yeah, they hinted at would he be weaker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they didn't even hint at it. They, like, explicitly, like, <laughs> we're bringing back, like, Cyber Mountain next season. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Better. I, which I think, like, even in the books, I don't. I think it's never explained, but it's, like, strongly hinted Did Jojen at. die in the books? He did not. I wonder if that actor was just, like... I mean, the it's funny, like, the brand stuff is the worst in the books and the show. Right. I was like, I was gonna, I said that earlier today. The brand and the Sansa stuff is the worst in the show. No, but the Sansa stuff would be a good example of them fixing something. Right. They it's made Sansa so like, much more Sansa interesting. Like yeah, however you say it. Whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's made up. It's one of those things where you read it before you saw the movie, too, so you don't know how to, like... Yep, yep. Like We've I, talked about this every fucking year, including Hermione. in the Nerd Alert. This and that's is definitely it. in the Nerd Alert. moving yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. No more. <laughs> we're good, we're good. But, um... Yes, and I think that the uh, brand stuff still I don't care about. And it, you know what? It's the hardest to digest too. Like it's the most magic. And I thought one of the best things about uh, the Song of Ice and Fire series was like the way they treated magic was like a lot of people they treated like a lot of people didn't believe in it, even though there was hints at it. Like dragons, still people don't believe them, even though they really do exist, but they're just so far away people don't see it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's. A cool part about the, and then I feel like the brand stuff is where all the weird magic and destiny, and I I've been mean, watching you from whatever, and that's the shit that's the least exciting, like because the show is gritty in a way, and I feel like that removes its grit when you open up a fucking giant like digital effect tree where that skeleton scene was pretty good. That uh, was cool. Was, I dug was, that, but it's like then the the children comes out and throws, but uh, like when um when Brienne fought the Hound, which was also an aw- a great fight scene, right? Great exactly. fight scene. Uh, there's like a lot of stakes because like people love Brienne and the Hound, and like you don't want either to lose. Right. But when the skeletons are fighting Jojen and Mira, Mira or whatever, Mira, it's just yeah. like who gives a shit? Exactly. Like that one stabbed Jojen, like eh, whatever. In the books, isn't that Cold Hands at that point? Cold Hands is another thing that's and, not in the. And uh, Cold Hands, I think, is even more the Tom Bombadil because he actually kind of fits that same role as in like he's oddly helping the fellowship along yeah. without, and then he's removed from the story. Yeah, but he's he's a like he's a. I think he's gonna be in the next season if they keep because they're putting more about. Excuse me, they're putting more uh, time into the White Walkers than the books ever did. So I wonder if Cold Hands will be part of that story. You know, Pat made a comment about, or maybe it was Adam, about how. Um, Pat predicted that uh, what's his name Stannis would show up somewhere because he just called Stannis's like um, ship kind of like a smoking gun that had been left out all season, right? And or Chekhov's gun rather, yeah. And um, it occurred to me that like reading the book, that's what's so frustrating about reading the fourth and fifth book is it is nothing but Chekhov's guns. It's yeah. just like shit <laughs> set up everywhere, like Tyrion and fucking 
Daenerys circle around each other for like 1,500 pages <laughs> yes, it's without so, meeting. So, so annoying. Yeah, and it's the same thing with like the wall, like Tar- Tarly, Samwell passes whoever, every, you know. He sees Bran, doesn't get the information to John that he sees Bran. Yeah. J- John sees this. John just misses so and so. Like, it's all that I shit. I mean, the show did a pretty good job. I feel like in the book, they never meet, but in the show last night, there were a lot of interesting crossovers where Brienne met Arya finally, yes. and, which was a great scene. And Rob saw the all of Stannis' entourage, including Melisandre. Uh, and yeah, John saw Melisandre and uh, Davos, who's a great character too. Who's not, that That would be the He's rare exception. He's in the book more, right? Yeah, that would be the rare exception of a character who uh, was actually lesser on the show like yeah. i think they've, they've actually made... and we liked him in the book like he's yeah a very, i think he's a well, fan like, favorite yeah, in the book yeah. but on the show they don't really give him a lot to do in general like the stannis folks don't really don't right. really have a ton to do so here's kind of the big question for game of thrones i'm so fascinated by it is like there's this we're slow there's this slow train wreck happening that we're all watching where like obviously like maybe on the off chance he gets book six out before the tv show catches up with him then what's he gonna do right book seven in a year like <laughs> This is this is going to go down. Like it's it's happening. Like the show is going to surpass the book. They can't like what did the the finale had like 14 million viewers. They cannot like stop. It's too much money, too much fandom to like let the book slow them down. So then what happens, you know? Like I wonder what they make like a movie trilogy where they hold off and like make a made for HBO movie trilogy or something that's like that. That's what George R. R. Martin has apparently expressed. He'd be like, maybe they'll make it a movie. But like, Yeah, and that way he can hand in like 15 chapters <laughs> at a time. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. I, mean, I guarantee there's going to be some fucking like HBO money being thrown around and be like, George R. R. Martin, here's this up and coming fantasy writer. He's going to sit with, and he's a fucking genius. He's yeah. going to sit, you know, here's he R.A. Salvatore. He writes yeah. 100 pages a day. <laughs> here's Ed Greenwood. Here's um, here's whoever he's gonna sit down. Uh, Joe Abercrombie. He, Joe Abercrombie's gonna sit down with you and he's gonna help you and you're gonna fucking jam this shit out. He's gonna be like standing over your desk, being like, "Let's go." It's like the King's Speech, you know. I mean, like, the first right, you fat fuck, Ryan. <laughs> well, the first one came out what year? Like ninety four, maybe yeah. something like that. Like I don't think people totally even recognize how old these books are. Like right. this isn't like. Oh, he's like a few years behind. He's taking like seven or eight fucking years between books. It's a long, and that's when no one gave a shit. Now he's on fucking Conan every night. You know, like that's the other thing people are complaining about is like, is he doing so much for the show that he's fucking slowing down his writing process? Like he should be. Like he's got a lot more going on than he did like when only two of these books existed. You right. know, like. But I wonder if he's got that fucking uh, that golden ring of cash money hanging in front of him now. I mean, I I smile when I look at him because I'm projecting the story. I, I don't know a single other thing george r. r martin has written besides game of thrones i know that, that they exist i know he has written other things but um I, I look at him and i see someone who like you know nerd total nerd I, as has been brought up on this podcast before he um there's this great letter in like fantastic four number yeah, nine or something like, like he wrote a letter to stanley when he was like younger um that's in the back of like a very early issue of fantastic four so i see this like nerd who like toiled his whole life and like fantasy novels like the nerdiest corner of nerddom and which i uh, live in <laughs> and now but now as 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 an older man has achieved like success like no one else has ever done in the he's medium. a celebrity fantasy writer which is i mean like stephen king is maybe the other one yeah but not even in this kind of fantasy i would say george uh, uh tolkien, tolkien yeah. is. but tolkien wasn't a public figure that much either yeah we didn't have twitter back then or right whatever, exactly you know? so and then they make a lord of the rings tv show or whatever so 
I, I see someone who's just like finally. I mean, it seems like he was successful most of his life. He worked most of his life, but like to see, it's cool seeing someone who like worked their whole life. Like I don't know, he fucking earned it. Let him have fun on Conan. Who gives a shit? I think the yeah, exactly. Let the motherfucker have a good time. Yeah. You, you know what? If he writes six books and we never get around to the seventh book, and he dies, and his son or his nephew takes over and writes it, and it sucks. Whatever he did, so good. For he apparently life. told the uh, the Benioff uh, and Weiss, yeah, yeah. the TV showrunners, the ending of the book. Which does I like that they like put that out there because like it honestly does like put me at ease a little that bit. He knows the ending. I could imagine it's not hard to imagine a world where the show ends up completing the books. You know, right. where like the show ends up being the ending for both the show and the books, and like that would be okay. It's so it's so unusual. It's such a rare thing the way the show and the book are like operating in parallel. That like one is arguably better than the other. That it's like I've never seen anything like this. Like the Harry Potter movies, for instance, or the Lord of the Ring movies are just straight adaptations. Like, this yeah. is, like, really, like, a living thing that's, like, next to it and, and it's separate. And like but- doing it well, and I hope that it's pointing... Uh, uh, it's doing really well, and I hope it's, like, pointing to people, like, they're going to start making more of these epic f- fantasies. And not even epic fantasies, I should say, but, like, these more difficult-to-tell stories, I think, would be so exciting. Like... Crazy long form shit like this, HBO should just take over all this stuff. I would do the Wheel of Time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Don't um, do the Wheel of Time. <laughs> I never read Wheel of Time. I should I check have, it out. I have like twenty of them stacked up, ready to <laughs> 20 go. Twenty of them. Uh, I would uh, like or the Drizzt books. Like I'm a huge oh, fan of R. A. Salvatore's Drizzt, and like I think I think now, and especially like like we said before, uh, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire is like that entry level fiction, like the kind of no fetish porn. And then like, you know, you get a, as you get into it more and more, you can handle a dark elf named Drizzt Orden who has an astral panther, panther named Guinevere, you know? Yeah, it's you hard just, to imagine that there won't be more of this because of... Right, that's what I think. I think this is just cracking the nut open. Like I heard that, you know, uh, the first Law series, which is one of my favorite... The famous, first what? The first Law series. I don't know this. Um, I th- uh, it's Joe Abercrombie's trilogy. I think it's called like, it's like The Last King and like f- two other names which I forget but it's a great trilogy and I had heard that people are circling that developing it for television or Netflix it's like that's fucking amazing yeah why wouldn't they I mean and like because it's really good and really popular and super simple uh, simple-ish you know for fantasy Mm -hmm. and people are like well we could just do Game of Thrones again yeah (laughs) I mean isn't it crazy how fucking popular Game of Thrones is like it's the most it's probably the most popular thing that I am also into because like I'm not watching World Cup at all for instance (laughs) all right I did watch World Cup uh, but it's one of those things too where like I'm not one of those bitter nerds but this was mine (laughs) now it's now it's like the fucking high school quarterback show too that's cool you like that right like yeah i'm not not like one of those guys if they fucked it up that'd be one thing but they didn't fuck it up they made it more popular like i think it's so like you should thank them because like they made it cool like right before who did you talk to about game of thrones before now you can like literally walk down the street and like just tap five people on the shoulder and like two of them will be into this tv (laughs) exactly also don't do that (laughs) (laughs) i want to talk about the red wedding people yeah you know, we actually didn't have much of a chance to talk about with uh, Pat and Adam is Joffrey's death, which is like I think something people have been waiting for pretty much since like episode three or four, like whenever yeah. that um you know with the butcher's boy scene at the Trident or whatever or the right. or whatever that was, and uh, Joffrey's death episode two or three really caught me off guard. Like when that happened, I did like, not think it was happening that early. When yeah. I thought that was going to be the season finale because I thought that was the thing everyone was waiting for, and like when they like started the wedding in like episode three or whatever, I was like, "Are we doing this?" Exactly. That's why I thought I was like, "How long is this? We- are we going to cu- keep?" Cutting back to the wedding. What a fucking baller move right. killing Joffrey in episode two or three is. Like, that's how good this show is. It's like <laughs> premiere, not the premiere, not the finale. We're going to get like, this is like the major thing everyone's been waiting for. Episode three. 
Oh, it's so fucking cool. Especially because, like, everyone sort of knew he was going to die, so that's the way you got to surprise people is, like, pull it in early. Like, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Well, that's the thing about this show is, like, it's always so fun this this in the spring. For me, the spring means Mad Men and Game of Thrones on both on Sunday night. That's, right, that's yeah. how I define spring. <laughs> and... um. I was Mad actually, Men was fucking great this season too. Mad Men was, I mean, everything. Sunday nights were a bit of a train wreck because HBO also added um, Veep, Silicon Valley, yeah. and last week tonight, yep, which are all great, all amazing. Yes, my Sunday night to Monday morning was packed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course, turn. Most, oh, right, right. So, but I still usually prioritize Game of Thrones over Mad Men even though I know it was going to happen on Game of Thrones because it was full of so many surprises this year. I'm trying to think of others, like the zombie, that zombie scene being another thing they added. Um, I'm trying to think of more examples of stuff they added, and I'm a little bit flailing on the but, spot. But uh, even the, the fight scene with the giant running under the tunnel, like that ninth oh, episode yeah. was just like... That a Neil was, Marshall episode. I know you're down with Neil Marshall. Of course. I know I knew, you're down I, with The Neil second Marshall. I saw his name in the credits, I was like, that means giant... Action scene on a low budget because yeah. that's like what he's known for, yeah. right? Is for like, and I was so pumped when I saw it because he did Blackwater, yeah, oh, yeah. or whatever. Is that no, what he did called? Blackwater? Is that what that episode's called? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, the one with the all the boats catching fire. Yeah, so sick. And the the depth and the grandeur of that fight where they like use like a full fucking pan shot and see the whole set and there's like a big giant choreographed fight with no cut. I'm like, how do you build this set? That's so fucking crazy. I don't understand the production of that show at all. I've said this before, but like. Like, I watched the credits for the same thing. There's like a dragon team, a wolf team, and a lion team or something. It's like three full productions going on in three different continents. Uh, so I see what you're saying. That's not like the team on the dragon. That's like their code name. Right, yeah. Gotcha. Code, like the dragon unit. What are they, dragon, wolf, and lion? I think that's dragon, wolf, and something else. Cool. Yeah, or maybe just dragon and wolf. And that's yeah. how they're in the credits? Yeah. Cool. It's like, it's just like uh, you know, like dragon team special effects. Blah, I wonder if dragon's like the is Daenerys folk. That's and what I'm assuming. Yeah, wolf I guess that makes sense. Like the north. And then what was the other one? Uh, the other one I think was Lion. When I'm just, Ooh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Because it's like cool. I, it's like Ireland, Morocco, and somewhere and somewhere in Africa. I would say though that the Neil Marshall episode this time was pretty disappointing, and I got that sense from a lot of people that like that wall one was not the Blackwater one because the Blackwater episode, um, one of the cool, you know, when Game of Thrones does like a single location or like a mostly single location. Yeah, when they which, do forty minutes dedication, which they one they did with the Joffrey death episode too. Like yeah. it's always great, but it works a little better I think in King's Landing where there's like. Ten full characters I could watch a spinoff show about than it does on the wall where, where like John I know Snow's John the- I know Sam and like I think there's a blind guy and then yeah. like seven other white dudes right but I uh, I will argue that to the bone I fucking loved that episode I thought oh. it was great every scene in it was rich and fucking awesome it was a forty minute uh, action film yeah it w- but it w- it didn't I think it was a letdown after the Blackwater one or it wasn't as um. I don't know. I wouldn't put it as one of the show's best episodes. I just think it's ball, baller and ballsy to have like act like to have the giants, have yep. the mammoth. It's like, yeah, guys, this is the fucking this is what's happening. Yeah. I think it's so cool. And uh the kid killing a greet, so awesome. Uh him killing the fucking uh cannibal wilding with the hammer in the head. That John was Snow cool. killing him, so awesome. The uh guys killing the dragon, uh, the giant down below with by doing the Night's Watch credo. Was the, that in the books? I, I don't remember, I don't remember that. that either. Yeah, it was a I, nice touch though. And they they mentioned again this week. Yeah. Half Hands and a character who's I think suffered a little bit in the TV show. Which like, who's half? Oh no, half hands the one that died. Uh, I don't know, M- Mance Raider. I mean, Mance yeah, Raider. yeah, Mance Raider and Rattle Shirt. Like Rattle Shirt's uh, not even in it. Right. They, he was. He has been in it in the past. But I'm he wasn't. sure there's been somebody walk by with a bone armor. On he him. was. He's been on the show, but I don't think he was on it this season. It w- isn't there a thing in the books where like 
they think they have Mance, but it's like a shapeshifter or something. They think Mance is thrown to the fire. Melisandre throws Mance to the fire, right. but really Jon Snow has released Mance yeah. to like save a child. This is like that's where it all gets muddy for me. I, I, and yeah. I feel like that's and that's actually it's rattle shirt in Mance's gear. So let's yeah. think of something we are excited about from the upcoming either season four or five or beyond or whatever from Game of Thrones. Like anything at all that we are excited so about. So blurry. Of course, I'm so freshly reminded of only the stuff we just saw. Yeah. There's a Feast for Crows. One of the cooler things in A Feast for Crows, I think it's in A Feast for Crows, or maybe it's in A Dance with Dragon, is the return of Theon, which has kind of been spoiled. I love Theon. I think Theon was my favorite character in book one and two. He's hard to watch as Reek, though. That's a really Well, that's because they had to, like, have him doing nothing as Reek for two years. Because, like, basically, the part where he just, like, emerges, and the way the book does it, if you're listening to this, you know how the book does it, and it's different. Yeah, you don't. I didn't even know Reek was Theon. You're not supposed to. And it's it's interesting. And I, I always thought Theon was one of the more interesting characters from the first two books. So, uh, I like how the book does it, but like, yeah, at this point, if you're watching on the show, like you've just been watching, like he's done nothing but get tortured, and then take the moat. The moat part was interesting, but that was that part was actually in the book. Like all the stuff with him getting tortured was just like, yeah, it was so much more than. I mean, it's in the book, but it's not like seeing the main character do a threesome and get his dick cut off. So what else happens? There's like the arena, and in the fifth book, there's, there's like there's the, the arena, arena where Bellas gets poisoned and the dragon, right? And people are fighting on yeah, behalf of. Yeah, but I feel like that's. Uh, two years away. I can't remember. Um, oh, you know what's cool? T- uh, Tyrion on the boat meeting a possible Targaryen descendant, right? There's yeah. that whole plot line. Yeah. You know what part? You know what's It looks like Varys is going with Tyrion, probably because Tyrion needs a friend, which is like A-OK by me. Yeah, I know. No. Var- oh, Varys is a character who's been improved, look, who's great in the books, but has been improved yeah. in the show, too. And that performance that, is great. That Yeah, that actor is amazing. I forget. I'm, I apologize. I don't know his name right now. He's so funny. Uh, yeah, I feel like I could pick it up. I mean, there's like 50 fucking people on the show. I can't right. learn all their They're names. They're all good. And Oh, I thought of another one. Oh, you know what's an interesting plot line in the later books is like the downfall of Cersei and like there's like that bitchy nun. At yeah, the, she gets the put in the septum. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's kind of interesting and uh, it'll be interesting to see that. Matt, right. she was great this year too. Um, oh, she was so good. Leona, whatever her name is. Oh, I'm not going to. I want to say Lena Dunham, but I know that's not. No. Lena Headley. Headley. I want to say Helmsley or something. Okay. Helmsley? Right. <laughs> I don't know. The chick from Dread. Yes. <laughs> Uh, did you see the purge? I've not seen the purge. The new purge? No, I saw. Well, the first I one. didn't see the first one. I saw the first one. She, she's in that, right? Yeah, she's in that too. That, that movie new... is bad, but the new one looks like the what I wanted the first movie to be. That poster is just like United We Purge, an American tradition. And I was like, calm down, guys. It's <laughs> yes. like I know, it's, I know American tradition, like in the context of the movie, but I was still like. This isn't that. The brand's not that strong. Yeah, I know. Relax, dude. G.I. Joe doesn't even go that big. Yeah. <laughs> not even G.I. Joe. <laughs> Which is an American tradition, if you ask me. Um, Yeah, what else, are we, what else are we excited about in the upcoming books, dude? I can't even I think. I can't remember. And, like, I don't think it's because I just watched the show. Because at la- or is it, cause after last year, I was like... The wall fight, the the mountain. Right, but I, like, we I, knew all this was bad. At what, like, what is Bran's storyline at, at that point? Is I honestly don't even remember anything else that happens to yeah. Bran. I think it's just more magic. I think it's just more magic, right? Like he will fly, right? It, well, what are your predictions for just the? Like, oh, that's interesting. Let's let's, let's look let's back on the past the books. Like, what do we think? It seems like do you, is Jon Snow dead or alive? Uh, probably alive. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Too. Okay, so that's the thing. Jon Snow maybe dies two years from now. Probably alive. He feels too important. Right, to, right, right. He like 
him and Daenerys are probably the only two, and maybe Bran are completely. And are we like, yeah? Because like the thing is, like their whole corners of the world. Like if Jon Snow died, it's like we just never wouldn't be at the wall anymore. I guess Sam might have some perspective. But I think I think Jon Snow, like they've hinted at his mother's identity in the books enough that you got to think that it's more than just a bastard. Like, like that. No, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a Targaryen. There's a there's a strong theory that that's a strong theory that's a Targaryen, Targaryen. which would make him. It's border. Like the theory is so strong, it's border line spoilery because like it's based on evidence but like the people list out the evidence with like quotes in the book and you're like oh yeah that, that yeah, must be right that right. must be correct <laughs> yeah so there's so a there's theory that, that it's a targaryen uh there's a theory like i know some people that's like, not a spoiler i don't know it that's it's just like the the theory is extremely strong right. so but we're, we're we're in advanced like uh spoiler uh i like estimating that's the thing with the show like i feel like i have to warn people like i do not know the future that is not a spoiler right. we're guessing the future here. i think that bran is going to control a dragon Oh, that's. I feel like I. I, I kind of want to see. I feel like it ends with Jon Snow and Daenerys, right? Right, like j- joining together. And I, well, who, like here's the last people standing. It seems to me like and Jon Snow has been showing nothing but honor, loyalty, right, and right. like. And so, so is Daenerys. Exactly right? the two of them. Yeah. It seems maybe they'll get together. That's what I think. I think that's possible. So yeah. it seems to me like the major linchpins of the story are like, uh, Jon Snow, Daenerys, Varys, maybe, because like especially with that end of the fifth book where he shows up with the. I can't even remember because, like, it's a Targaryen kid. The Targaryen kid who, like, uh, they're on the boat with. Right, right, right. So, like, I think Varys and Littlefinger could potentially be, like, major players in the end. That's a little iffier. Yeah. Arya and Sansa. Yeah, I think there's something going on with the Stark family. Where maybe he, not even Arya, but San, maybe not even Sansa, but definitely Arya. Yeah, well, there's something going on with the Stark family that my theory is that, like, they've all scattered. Some of them have died. Some of them are still alive. But they're all getting, like, newfound skill sets. Yeah, totally, totally. Where, like, Bran is becoming a wizard. Yeah. And, like, and, like um, Arya is becoming, like, a silent murderer killer. You know, like, yep. oh, you know what? Fuck, dude. How could we not say? That's what I'm looking forward to in the next season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, dude. Yeah, I'm like genuinely cool. mad at myself. Yeah, that's All a good the one. Brotherhood of Many Faces or the no yeah, that's one of, that's, the faceless ones. I think that, you know what? She's one of the rare characters that's actually in books four and five. Right. That's one of the strongest And she starts her like them. assassin training. But even and... that's complicated. Like she doesn't show up until halfway through book five. Right. Yeah, but the I, assassin that, training's good. But her story, like, so she's being developed into being this like uh, Arya... assassin. Jon Snow's being developed into being like this loyal leader with like who has love and compassion. And Bran is becoming a wizard. And where's Rinkin throughout all this? Oh, I wonder if he'll ever show back up. Yeah. I mean, it's so, that's what you talk, when you talk about the book having too many characters, it's just like. Yeah, where's the other, and then uh, Sansa Sansa is be- politics. Sansa is becoming like uh, a little finger. L- learning from Littlefinger, she's becoming powerfully political. Yeah. She knows how to use. I her guess charm. it is those three plus Daenerys, right? And then maybe I, I don't know why I'm dwelling on like Littlefinger and Varys, but someone recently pointed out to me the way that like everyone's like fighting and fucking, and like Littlefinger and Daris and Varys are just like very quietly actually controlling everything, from right? Because the they're scenes. not because they they're not fucking and they're not fighting. I mean, Littlefinger like literally kicked the events of the show into. Like off, well, you know, it was revealed this season with the John Aaron murder, you know, right, and and that. and he killed Joffrey, and, yeah. right, and Varys, meanwhile, um, you know, orchestra is very uh, behind the t- the, uh, the, the um, what are their names? The you know the rich people. I can't, we can't think of their names. Uh, Lannisters. The Lannisters, yeah. power, and the uh, you know the the Targaryen uprising that looks like it's gonna be a big part of book six and seven. So they seem like really important unique characters too though right i think that's it i think it's the three starks plus daenerys somehow fighting back the white walkers right seems like 
you know, in any other story, I would guarantee it was going towards everyone putting aside their differences to fight the White Walkers. But with this book, who the fuck knows? Right, right, right. I don't think it's that at all. And I think that might be Jon Snow's battle to do while Daenerys does this other thing. And then they, you know, like that could be the uh, resolution. I'm re- I just think for sure we're going to see Bran control a dragon. Like that's yeah. one thing I think we see. It feels for sure. pretty good. That yeah. feels pretty good. Yeah. Bran being a wizard's cool. Like, it, it, as boring as Bran is, it will be interesting. Like, when, it, like to see the Starks reunite and like, right. Talk That's about what I'm saying. When Arya is all of a sudden back and she's like a fucking certified badass, and Jon Snow is Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, well, or or dead, and uh, or back as a zombie, and like everyone's got all these newfound powers. They're like, it's like a fucking. Uh, they're like a D and D party, you know. It's like yeah. you got a wizard, you got a assassin, you got a rogue, you got a warrior, you got a zombie mom to take care of you all. I bet you if Sansa starts learning healing in this next book, if she starts like training with like the the matrons and the sept and like learns how to heal, that's going to be the fucking the, over the plate. Clearly, they're doing a D and D. They need a tank. They need yeah, a tank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do you have anything else to say about Game of Thrones? I feel like we covered it. I, th- I feel over like the past four years. I feel like we've covered There's it. There's so much. Let's recording. cut them together and let's ha- have people. We'll rent out the arc light and we call sit in silent <laughs> and listen to a four hour conversation. There is so much recording of us discussing Game of Thrones. But I'll tell you what, we can put in the calendar for next year, as far as I'm concerned. I'll be, I'll be doing I'm the around. podcast. It's great that we we both. Uh, did we do it? You know, we did it over Skype, well, I think, maybe last year. Now, yeah, because uh, we're reunited. We're yeah, reunited. We both live in LA now. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's great. It's, uh, thank you so much for. Uh, jo- hey, real quick, is there any, we should plug. Uh, you're on MTV again. Yes, I'm on MTV. Uh, Guy Code is on Wednesday nights, and then starting July 2nd is Wildin' Out, and I'm on some of those episodes. I'm on like six of those episodes. You're well. like an improviser, and it sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds. I'm like the uh, token white improviser <laughs> <laughs> on a show made up. Uh, uh, it's it was fun to do. I have no idea what it's gonna look like. I literally am like at one point dancing on stage with Nelly. So we'll see what it actually looks like when we watch it. I've watched TV shows that looked way worse just because you are in them. So <laughs> All right, thank I, you. I will very certainly much. check it out. Uh, John, thanks so much for as always for uh, coming back to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you again to all of my guests, Pat Castles, John Gabris, Adam Conover. Let's talk about scheduling for a second. Usually, Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin shows come out every other week. I made an exception and released this episode just one week after last week's episode because, you know, Game of Thrones. So I am actually going to be taking the next two weeks off and the next Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show will be in three weeks. I usually take July 4th off anyway. The schedule is just a little weird looking this year. So the next Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show will be up on July 8th. And I know that seems like a while away, but I think it is going to be uh, worth the wait. I think we're talking about a big episode here and it's just occurring to me uh, that only people who have read all of the Game of Thrones books will hear this message. So I'm going to have to tell them, uh, which I will probably do on my Twitter, which is at Jeff Rubin Show, on Tumblr, which is jeffrubinjeffrubin.com, uh, my Facebook fan page, or perhaps I'll tell them on jeffrubinjeffrubinshow.com, where you can get every episode of this podcast. My email is there. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and that's it. Have a great July 4th. I'll be back on July 8th. See you there. 